0: Are you feeling ready to expand your crafty and creative horizons? Book Riot has you covered, as usual. Allow me to introduce you to Lit Stitch. Inside Book Riot's Lit Stitch, you'll find a number of rad, bookish cross stitch patterns. Some of these are for bookmarks, others are for wall decor, and still others can take on a whole host of finished outcomes. What they have in common is their literary bent. The patterns speak to all manner of literary-minded book lovers who are happy to display their nerdier sides. And what better way than through your own cross-stitch art to hang on your wall, prop on your desk, or gift to your friends and family. And most, if not all, are beginner-friendly and can be completed in a few hours. Instant Stitchification. So grab yourself some excellent embroidery floss, hoops, and needles, and pick out one or more of these great cross-stitch patterns for your next project. That's Lit Stitch from Book Riot.
1: Hello and welcome back to When In Romance, where we're talking about romance novels and people who write them and things that are based on them and just all kinds of things romantic related. Uh, this is episode 59 and we are recording on Thursday, May 14th, 2020. Halfway through May.
0: Wow. I'm Jess. <laughs> And I am Trisha. And last time we recorded, we were only at the beginning of May. So look at us go! Look at us we're go! Just, we're cruising right through. How are you, Jazz? I'm I'm doing all right. The sun is shining. That's nice. Yeah, but is it a hundred degrees? Um, not today. Okay. All right. The sun <laughs> is shining. We can hear some birds chirping. It sounds uh, like things are going okay in Tucson. Things are going okay in Tucson. How are all things right. for you? I am doing all right. We're uh, you know. It, hanging in here in the dc area too it's been a cooler than usual spring here which i actually am a big fan of but i know other people are frustrated by but don't worry it's gonna be close to 90 tomorrow so you gotta love it did you guys get snow i don't remember getting snow i only came back the first of january but i don't think we've had snow since i've been here no i mean like last week oh (laughs) haha fair question no Oh, that's um, good. <laughs> yeah, cuz there was like ridiculously hot temperatures on the west and and on, yeah, it was like 20 something degrees with wind chill, but yeah, no no snow. So hmm. I know, nobody could build a snowman. Bit of a disappointment. Total. There's there's always next time. So. Yeah. Anyway, um we have a we oh, we have a lot to cover today. We, we do. have I I almost feel like one of our topics is going to take the entire episode but we're gonna try to make sure that doesn't happen uh (laughs) before we get into that though we did want to talk about something a thousand times more serious than uh the film adaptation we'll be talking about in a minute um and that is a twitter discussion that came up last week and partly because it can be really difficult to find conversations on twitter and partly because uh, a lot of times the people who speak up about a topic are the people that then end up kind of burdened with um, doing the training and teaching and explanation of it, we're not mm-hmm. necessarily going to go into the details, but I think you and I both thought it was worth a quick mention that uh, the conversation itself is about um, the way that conflating gender and genitalia and using genitalia as a shorthand for gender or sex can be just not helpful and not useful and can leave out a pretty significant cross-section of the population. And I think it's a thing that a um, a lot of people who are cis and um, just not necessarily thinking about it in the way that they should, it's, not, it's a helpful reminder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And uh, not only is it not helpful, sometimes it can be hurtful for
1: people for whom their genitalia does not match their gender. Um, or for whom it doesn't just in in general. Um, so we just wanted to sort of have a quick discussion about it without going too far into the weeds of the conversation that happened on Twitter. If you saw it, then I hope you gained something from it. If you didn't, by the time you're listening to
0: this, it's going to be really hard to find. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, Twitter moves really quickly and but but it was I am grateful that it uh, I I, I'm frustrated and saddened that it caused so much pain and hurt and frustration to so many people Um, that is not a thing that is ever good for anybody in a community Um, but The fact that the conversation did bubble up and that I think some people were very willing to listen and be open to it Mm -hmm. is really helpful. And so I think, you know, we're not trying to be cagey. We're not trying to dance around it. The long and short of it is that you should not assume that all women menstruate. You should not assume that all people who menstruate are women. You should not assume that all pregnancies are uh carried by people who are women you should not assume that everyone with a penis is male like it's just kind of some of those things yeah. that it it can be hard to break out of in your mindset because socially we are conditioned to think certain things about um, particular sexes and genders but you know it's worth noting as just said that that can be really hurtful to a lot of people that don't conform to some of those uh what we think of as being conventional uh, stereotypes of, of genitalia or um, sexual kind of processes that exist in the human body. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's just a good reminder for a lot of us that aren't, you know, thinking that way a lot of times.
1: Yeah. And it, it mostly comes down to think about the world in which we live and the people that, you know, and the people that you don't know, um, and, uh, the fact that we're all trying to do better and hopefully everyone who had not thought about it, um, who is now seen the, the concept can, you know, just think about how they speak and, and, or write <laughs> because mm-hmm. most of, most yeah. of our speech is written, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 um... Listening when someone who is affected by how you speak is asked to listen and making sure that those concepts are something that while possibly just are theoretical for some of us, um, they, they exist in human people. So we should consider said human people when we're talking or and just consider like humanity not even just individual people who are affected and harmed by language that we use without thought. Um, But just, you know, that kind of conflation isn't correct, like isn't factually correct. So we should be working to make sure that we are using the language that makes the most sense.
0: Yeah. And I think it can be hard if you're not sure what that language is or, or how to use it, or, um, what is the most respectful and inclusive way to speak? I will tell you that one of the things that I have heard from some folks, uh, who are living this experience is that the GLAAD media reference guide, um, and that's GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, uh, for those who are not familiar with the organization, um, I have heard that that is a really helpful guide for a lot of folks. If others have other ideas of places that are, uh, useful to go in terms of how to speak to and about, um, all of us, right. And our different experiences and identities that is also useful. We are happy to mention in the next episode. We're happy to link in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think many of us are trying to do our best and a lot of us mess up once in a while. And the way to do better is to listen and learn.
1: Absolutely.
0: hopefully we can all do that. Yeah. Uh, And so that is our probably most important conversation uh, of the episode. (laughs) Gotta tell y'all, the wheels are coming off the wagon after this. But before we let them fully remove from the wagon, maybe we should do another ad spot. Yeah, Jess?
1: Yeah, let's thank some folks. So uh, this episode is sponsored by TBR book riot subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes want great new books to read but overwhelmed by all the publishing buzz or just looking at a million books um we can help tell tbr about your reading preferences and what you're looking for and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so you can treat your shelf and support an Indie Bookstore. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today.
0: That's mytbr.co. All right. Huge thanks, as always, to TBR. I... Don't even know how to transition into this, except to say we've been watching romance book to screen adaptations. Jess, you are actually this is not placing blame, (laughs) Uh, but I feel like you were having a conversation with someone, and the Danielle Steele adaptation idea came up. Yes, I was
1: chatting with one of our listeners on Instagram. If if you follow me and feel like sending me a DM, by the way, I they're open. As long as you're friendly, I will talk to you. Um, but anyway, so I was chatting with one of our listeners um, about adaptations. And we got to talking about, you know, those two night TV movies that were often adapted from Daniel Steele or Mer- one of those like early 90s authors that you know they came on after Dr. Quinn and mm. started on Sunday night concluded on Monday night. Yeah. I remember watching a lot of these when I was way too young, but you know, mm-hmm. TV was <laughs> on in the house. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Um and I mentioned to Trisha that we had had this conversation and it just, you know, mused aloud, I wonder if any of those live anywhere thinking they probably don't unless it's cbs's basement right uh, and trisha the brilliant researcher
0: that she is actually found one one out of like one. The eight million that exists there was a list of 20 or something and 19 <laughs> of them were like not available and then safe harbor <laughs> was right there on amazon prime for anyone who wanted to spend that three dollars yep and i think the take home of the, you should listen to the whole conversation but i feel like the take home of it is that your $3 might be better spent elsewhere <laughs> uh this is a film now to be fair this one was not a tv movie it was a straight to dvd film i kid you not it came out in 2007 it looks like someone just had it, yeah. starting in 1993, mm-hmm. and just like held on, like in the hopes that like the the day was gonna come and they were like, cashing those chips <laughs> on the Safe Harbor TV movie. And I, okay, I feel <gasps> like we should start with a description of the film or the plot. Actually, I feel like we have to start with the fact that no actor, so far as I can tell, in Safe Harbor, which, by the way, if you're looking for it, is spelled with a U. Safe Harbor. Danielle Steele is classy. Apparently. And maybe British? I don't know. Maybe it's a European thing. Because one of the characters in this film is French. It's French. French. For no reason, right? Like, I'm sure that it made sense in the book. Maybe it mattered that she was French. In the movie, it just meant... You um, had to listen to her. You don't have to listen to her in the book. It just meant that Melissa Gilbert brought her biggest French accent. She sure did. And I DM'd you at the beginning or texted you or whatever at this movie, Jess, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to focus on anything else. Oh, boy, was I wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. The IMDb page calls her Ophelia. I think her actual name in the movie is Ophelia. Ophelia? Yeah, it's like Ophelia. Yeah, I'm not even going to pretend to have a British accent. I'm just not going to. We all know that's not a thing for me. (laughs) Um, So she and her daughter are on the California coast. It's unclear where but that's where they are. Mm -hmm. They are trying to recover from uh, the tragedy of losing uh, the girl, who's actually lovely, Pip. Uh, Her mother, or sorry, her mother is still alive. Ophelia is still alive. Pip has lost her father and her brother. Ophelia has lost her husband and son. And they are not doing great, which you can tell because Ophelia in all of her like very – glamorous, sophisticated outfits with her perfectly done hair and makeup crawls into bed on a regular basis. (laughs) And I do not mean in any way to diminish anyone's mental health issues or struggles with PTSD or grief, but it is very strange in the way that it is portrayed here. I have known people who have dealt with many of those things. I, okay, (laughs) all right. Anyway, so Pip, the daughter is running around with a dog on a beach and happens upon a man in his, I want to say, late 40s, early 50s, who is painting. And they strike up a friendship. Which, her mom thinks is weird and I gotta tell you, she's not entirely wrong. Right? Like That is <laughs> a little weird. And, uh, I don't know, Ophelia comes in like, yells at the man whose name is Matt and then, I don't know, sparks fly and it Gets a lot weirder from there. <laughs> like I, I don't know, Jess. Like I, this—that's the only way that I know is like set the table on this particular safe harbor with a U mm. adaptation.
1: Yes, I—I th- I think that that works. It starts out, you know, very much a met on the beach kind of story, and you know, the relationships are developing, and there's some character development happening and some overcoming of grief and then an hour later suddenly everything shifts so just be prepared for a few things and like we we need to include some content warnings that are also kind of spoilers so I don't know skip ahead a few minutes (laughs)
0: Yeah. Unless you need
1: to hear those content warnings.
0: And I think you can do some of that. So there's a plane explosion. Yes. That happens and it's very strange. I Okay, that's fine. The, there's a plane explosion that happens.
1: It It's very, it's not a, a very, you know, expensive graphic budget.
0: <laughs> yes, that. that is a good way of explaining the, the plane explosion. Also, no one ever... Explains why the plane explodes, so yeah. if you also need like a little bit of a heads up on very just weird things that happen for no reason there's that mm-hmm. um, there is uh it's a little bit of a spoiler, but I think it's not too much of one to say that the son who passed away um, was manic depressive and that there were suicide attempts um, there is discussion of that attempted suicide, so I think that's important to know uh. I'm like paging through my notes for the content warnings and they're just surrounded by <laughs> all of my notes on everything. That's just so strange.
1: And I should mention also with that discussion of suicide, there is a point later in which someone um, weaponizes that. So
0: mm-hmm. that should also yes. be taken into account. Yeah. That's a good note. Um, this one's a little spoilery, so again, if you are not interested in the content warning, maybe skip ahead. but someone does end up with cancer in mm-hmm. this film uh yeah i'm hard, I'm like looking through for my content warnings, and I'm finding there notes there like,
1: is a violent um episode of oh, a character yes. getting
0: shot multiple times um. And you might be judging just for her chuckling a little bit on that. It came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. And it's it's very... There's a lot of... Maybe we'll get into this in a minute. A lot of very weird racial and class undertones related to what went on there. Like in a way that you're like, "Mm, That's not a person who... Is likely to get shot at this situation. Like it's just yeah, yeah. There's a lot.
1: I will Here. say there are named characters of color in this movie.
0: That is true. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, that's all I that can say. <laughs> we we can say that much. Here are some. I'm just gonna like read you like a few of the notes that I made. Are we done in... with content warnings? I just want to oh, make sure. Sorry good point i got distracted this a lot happens in this i don't know that i there is a cheating in a marriage again sorry that's a little spoilery but but not in
1: not in the main couple
0: no not in the main couple that's a good distinction um Jen, our wonderful sound editor, is going to be mad because I'm, like, flipping through my thing. And she's not going to be mad. She's wonderful. She's never angry. She's so patient with us. Um, well, I think you she these, should
1: leave it in so that everyone knows how everyone, well I you have, documented this.
0: I legit – so I wrote movie reviews for, like, five years, and I think I wrote more notes on this film <laughs> because I just needed to validate my own experience. I have, like, seven pages worth of notes on this. Um, all right. <laughs> uh so yeah, I don't think I have more content warnings just to you.
1: I believe that those were all of mine.
0: Um, all right. So let me just take a quick minute and read you some of the notes that I have here just to give you I think a sense for this film. Uh one of them is he's very tall. Which <laughs> is true. Brad Johnson, who plays Matt, is very tall. Oh, apparently I wrote it twice. <laughs> so apparently he really is tall. Uh, someone literally just threw a martini glass against a door is another one that I have. Um, I There are a lot of white linen pants in this movie. Also a lot of squinting. Someone at one point says, you're too much of a hottie to stay single. Um, <laughs> which as a single person i had some real feelings about uh i just i have a lot of questions about everything yeah i i mean also how is this movie from 2007 it i i know i already talked about that i just Well, the movie
1: feels like it's from 2007. The plot feels like it's from 1987.
0: I feel like the movie doesn't even feel like it's from 2007. Like, think about the movies that came out. Like, think about, like, uh... I mean, it does predate Iron Man. Like, I can't think of what came out. That's true. Um... (laughs) But I I mean, like, 10 Things I Hate About You came out in, like, 2000. It did. And the production quality on that is a million times better than this.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I can't tell if it was, like, made and then pitched to, like, TV and then they didn't buy it. Because I noticed that it was, like, an hour and 47 minutes or something like that, which usually means it would air on network television. But mm-hmm. it didn't. So... Yeah it's it's very interesting quality i mostly mentioned that like it feels like 2007 because they have like cell phones and stuff but no i guess
0: that's a fair point yeah
1: (laughs) but that's kind of it like a lot of the the um the concept like there's a point where like um ophelia and pepper talking when they get back to their enormous a uh, suburban San Francisco home. I can't remember the name of the town they live in, but it is not San Francisco. Um and are talking about um homelessness and it's like you hear about it and you know it exists, but to actually see it and it's like wow, these are very privileged people and
0: yeah. <laughs> the exact quotes I wrote them down, Jess, are I can't believe people sleep on the street. And that's Pip, the child who's uh-huh. like 12. And then Ophelia, who's the adult who is going to go help, I'm in air quote mode right now, the homeless people says, oh, I know, it's upsetting. <laughs> like, that's literally, I wrote it down. I And I will say, I think at this point, we're, we're probably going to have to steer hard into the skid of the spoilers. If you feel like you're going to watch this movie, go ahead and skip forward. But also maybe don't watch this movie. <laughs> Because I just... So here's what happens. So they're on the beach. They're trying to recover. Matt is, I guess, a painter who's like maybe retired.
1: He We're went not to really- Wharton.
0: We, he, he's you
1: know, he had his ad agency. But there is a moment early in the movie where, you know, he, you, he walks into his house and he has all this art. And he's like going on about advertising and it's like and then she left me for an old friend from Wharton and it's like oh he's not just a poor starving artist out on the beach he's not a beach bum he went to Wharton
0: so yeah (laughs) and he like made all the money oh and I guess one other maybe content warning is that his I I don't I don't know how to phrase the content warning it's that thing that often happens in romance I think even more so in romance from like 10 or 20 years ago where the ex-wife is just the worst bleeping worst and like keeps his daughter from him and never gives her his daughter the letters and like he has this 18 year old daughter whose side note looks 30 because (laughs) she was 30 i looked it up (laughs) she's like an eight uh all right so anyway (laughs)
1: We're so sorry
0: to anyone who actually wanted to watch this movie by this point. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sorry because I don't think you should. Jess is because she's a better person than me. My feeling is steer clear of this mess of a film. And see, I'm like, if you're
1: curious... You should watch it because I love train wrecks. I might have been messa- messaging Trisha with what the bleep just happened, like, over and over and over again,
0: especially in the
1: last, like, 45 minutes,
0: but I was so entertained by the whole thing. I w- <laughs> it is entertaining. Here's the thing, though. I think that, so, okay, so they're on the beach. They're trying to recover. They have these sparks fly, but then, you know, Ophelia and Pip go back to San Francisco, and apparently he lives, like, Matt lives on the beach, so, like, he's just hanging out there. So then, when she goes back, this is the thing, Jess. It's it's entertaining, but it's not just a train wreck. I actually feel like there are some really problematic like there undertones are. to this. There are, and so I guess so. She is in therapy, which is great because she's obviously grieving, and her group. She's in group therapy, and the the one of the people suggests that she goes and volunteers. And I don't remember if they specifically recommended this kind of, like, it's not even really a shelter. It's more of like a mission thing where you go out and do outreach to mm-hmm. um, folks who are living on the streets or whatever. So she does. And I just, again, this is a wealthy white woman in the Bay Area. And she goes out. And the first time she goes, one of the people is like, everyone really needs you here. You need to keep coming. And I was like, do they, though? (laughs) Do they need, like, and I say this as a white woman who is, you know, financially secure and whatever. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she shouldn't volunteer, but do they really need her out two nights a week on the streets handing out meals to people with her enormous diamond ring? (gasps) Like, is, is that what the people need? I, I Like, I spent that whole, like, arc of
1: the story wondering if the book, since Di- Daniel Steele's books are, like, 7,000 pages long, mm-hmm. if there is an element of a love triangle, <laughs> because, like, the the actor who plays the guy who's like, come on, let's go, yeah, whose name, name I is can't Jeff. remember.
0: Jeff. And I, his, he's played by Michael
1: Jace. I, I was like, Joe? Joe? Like, I couldn't, and it mm-hmm. was a J name. Um, yeah. He sort of... Gives off some vibes of like, you're hot, I like you.
0: But oh yeah, there's never any clear. actual
1: element of like pursuit. But mm-hmm. I had I had to wonder if in the book if that whole middle arc was, you know, a lot longer and well
0: developed. <laughs> Maybe it is. And if so, good for you, Danielle Steele. <laughs> and not great other people involved in this film yeah uh so that's a weird undertone there's also a moment i like rewound this and like wrote it down explicitly multiple times because so again matt's wife is kind of the worst in that sort of stereotypical ex-wife in fiction unfortunately it should not be that way but it is way To the point where he says, at one point, when he's trying to, like, kind of make things happen with Ophelia, it's like, oh, my wife was very sensual. No, that's not the right word. Sexual. Right up until the end. Maybe that's why I didn't see it coming when she left me. And I was like, uh, (sighs) what? Do not... That's not even... Like, that's not even slut-shaming. That's, like, healthy sexual activity shaming, which is as bad. Like, I just... Yeah, that's a thing that I had real feelings about and I just don't know about this. And then now I think we're going to like full on spoil a couple of things that happened late <laughs> in the movie. So there are two things that I feel like people just
1: need really to know need about. To know.
0: <laughs> so give yourself again a little bit of a forward if you really don't want to know these things. But when Jess mentioned that moment of violence, Ophelia is on the streets. And again, Matt has been telling her the whole time, you shouldn't be out on the streets. I worry about you. And she's like, no, it's fine. I can do it. But also she keeps ignoring when people are like, don't go by yourself. She's like, oh, no, it's fine. And then she'll like go off by herself. And eventually she gets held at gunpoint and shot multiple times. Because, I don't know, I guess. People who are struggling shoot people. Like, this is the thing that is so upsetting to me. I'm like, these people are just trying to eat and survive on the streets. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, there's just a very weird, like, class and race undertone because all of the other people who aren't her, who are working with the mission, are people of color. Mm-hmm. And she's out there trying to help. And I guess she's the person. I don't know, Jess. I don't. I don't know. It was it was
1: very much out of nowhere. Like, I was expecting it because they ke- kept talking about how dangerous it was. You know, the ominous music starts playing and all of that. But I didn't expect
0: that actual moment to happen. No, and then this one really comes out of nowhere. You find out that her best friend that is the godmother of Pip, her child, oh, was God. actually having an affair with her husband and then is dying of cancer. So she needs Matt and Ophelia to take her toddler son in. And I, she literally says at one point, cancer is God's punishment for what I did to you, which if you have ever experienced cancer or known anyone who has is like the most offensive thing that I just could not manage. Like, I, that's, I have, as you can tell, no (laughs) words.
1: Yeah, that was, that was really, really rough. Especially the, like, I know that there are people whose terminal illnesses are terminal. Like, they Mm -hmm. know, they know that there is, There is a conclusion of this. But for some reason, it really affected me. That was like, when I die, because I'm going to die, I need
0: you to do this for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just... Even though I was awful to you in many ways. Yeah. I... And then the last note I have is, he's still very tall, and her accent is still very big... And also, wait, did they get engaged before they ever had sex? Which, (laughs) I don't know. At that point, it seemed like it was no longer even... I... I just... (laughs) I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I don't know if you can tell. I don't necessarily recommend Safe Harbor with a U. (laughs) By Danielle Steele.
1: My answer to that question is... You... You obviously got distracted by something happening because there was definitely sex ahead of that moment.
0: I feel, <laughs> <and> <laughs> speaking of the late 90s, I feel like it depends on how you define sex. Well, because there, there was, was TV a moment, sex. <laughs> yes, there was TV sex. But then at one point. Yeah, I don't know how far we can go into this. I'll tell you what. If you watch Safe Harbor with a U, let us know. how. I will say, of all of the things that were badly, badly mismanaged in this film, the sex was not as much. There was at one point where she was not... They were in a PG-13 place, and she was not also there, and so both of them pulled back. So that's good. And also... I don't know. I, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to give them that credit. I'm going to give them credit for him being tall, I guess. Not that that's a thing to credit someone for, but there just are not that many things. So what? let's just let's make a concluding statement here. We don't usually give
1: ratings. Trisha gives it two thumbs down. I give it a quarter of a thumb up. Maybe another quarter, so a halfway thumb if you really want to be entertained by a train wreck and have a couple hours and $3 to spare. If you have 20,000 other things to do and would like to keep your money, skip it. But you've heard some really interesting things about it.
0: You've heard some really interesting things about it. (laughs) It's a perfect summary. (laughs) And thus concludes our feelings for now. I have a feeling this is one we may come back to (laughs) about safe Harbor with a U based on the Danielle Steele novel, which may or may not have a U. We're not sure. We're not sure. All right. I'd like to now take this moment to do a hard transition (laughs) and thank Stay With Me from author Becky Wade for sponsoring this episode. Led to her Georgia hometown by a mysterious letter, Genevieve Woodward wakes in an unfamiliar cottage with the confused owner staring down at her. The last thing Sam Turner wants is to help a woman as troubled as she is talkative, but he can't turn her away when she needs him most. Will they be able to let go of the facades and loneliness they've always clung to? Perfect for fans of Christian fiction or those looking for a non-explicit romance. For fans of Denise Hunter, Susan May Warren, Christina Lauren, and Abby Jimenez, Becky Wade previously won the 2018 Christie Book of the Year Award. It's set in the gorgeous small town of the Blue Ridge Mountains in Georgia. It's powerful and deeply romantic, and this is a new series that follows the love stories of friends bound by extraordinary circumstances. So once again, that is Stay With Me from author Becky Wade. Many thanks for sponsoring this episode of When in Romance. I don't even know anymore, Jess, what else this show even is. We need to talk Besides. about things we did enjoy so that you can yes. leave this,
1: this time feeling good.
0: Yes. Good reminder. We <laughs> actually do like some things. <laughs> we are willing to give more than a quarter of a thumb up to some things. Uh, and in fact, actually, we we're going to follow up on some of the things we really, really like. Mm -hmm. uh do you want to bring us back around to where we kind of cut off last week
1: yes if you uh recall last time we talked a lot about read-alikes for books that we feel we both feel like we talk about a lot on the show um so obviously i talked about read-alikes for an Alyssa cole book um and trisha talked about read-alikes for the widow of rose house because we are very predictable people um Mm -hmm. Well, I'm speaking for me. Trisha isn't always predictable, but...
0: I mean, we know (laughs) who we are. It's fine.
1: (laughs) But we we both had um, quite the list and decided to leave it where we stood and come back to it. So we have a couple more that we would like to offer you.
0: Yeah, and I will start... uh... Because my name is first on the agenda, because (laughs) I started it. So that's probably why. Um, So as many of you know, I am a huge, huge fan of Sonali Dev. Um, We talked a lot last year, I think, about Pride, Prejudice, and other flavors. And there is a lot about that book that is wonderful. There's a lot about all of her books that are wonderful, but they're very heavy. They Mm -hmm. have um, very intense sort of family relationships that tend to be really complicated as well. Uh, I have a feeling I will be talking more about her most recent book, um, Recipes for Persuasion, which is amazing. Maybe my favorite book that I've read so far this year, but very heavy. And there are somewhere between five and 50 content warnings on it. So I'm not going to get too far into that one at this point. But I will say if you are looking for that kind of book that has those really intense family connections and complicated drama and all of that, um, Island Affair by Priscilla Oliveras is another one of my favorite books that I've read so far this year. It just came out this month and it's uh Sarah and Luis who are in the Florida Keys, which is a place that I do not know a lot about and have not spent any time in, but Priscilla Oliveras has this way of kind of putting you into a place and making you kind of feel it. And her family relationships are just gosh she's so good at it it's just she's one of the best out there for writing these kind of complicated families mm-hmm. and this is sort of a uh you know uh the kind of romance of convenience where yeah. sarah's family is all coming down to the keys and she has a kind of garbage uh significant other who bails on her and so she happens to run into Luis in a parking lot and is like hey i actually need someone to be My pretend significant other, what do you think? And he has a little bit of like a hero slash martyr complex. And so he's like, yeah, I'm in. (laughs) Uh, I will do this. I will pretend to be your boyfriend for a week. It's a little more complicated than that. And I will say, give this book like 50 pages because it took me a minute to get into. But once I was in, I was all in and read the rest of it, you know, in basically one sitting. Um, And so she's trying to kind of make amends with her family in a way. He is trying to get over a couple of um, major crises, but also there's some family drama on his side. Content warnings on this one for an eating disorder, a parent with cancer. um, And there is a a fairly graphic description of at least one and maybe two deadly car accidents. So heads up on that. Um, But it's a great book. It's, It's really lovely. And like I said, I mean, it's both fun and kind of Dramatic and complicated. So that's Mm -hmm. a big one. Um, One Last Chance by uh, Trace Bahari, which also came out this year, is another great, complicated family kind of story. Um, It is uh, Zoe and Sawyer who were close close friends and then got married and then realized that maybe they weren't ready to be married and went their separate ways there is um family trauma and parental death in this one as well so heads up on that uh but it's the third in a series but to be honest with you it's the first in the series that i read so you actually can read it as a standalone Mm -hmm. um and it's one of the cool things about this book is that it's flashback so you're getting some of the ha- you know the past history of what's gone on between these two but the present day piece of this story all takes place in one day which i think is kind of neat so uh again that's one last chance by trez bahari the last series that i will recommend and actually just i will kind of toss part of this over to you is that mm-hmm. i feel like adriana herrera has a lot of this same sort of complicated mm-hmm. family and found family dynamics. Um, you've read, I think, more of her books. I've, I've only read a couple of the books in the American Dreamer series. Mm-hmm. Um, American Love Story is the one that I think just sticks out for me because it is really complicated and hard, and things are very real and dramatic, and there are some genuinely serious and important divisions between the main couple and that book. But I feel like all of her books are just – You feel the relationships and Mm -hmm. the crises in the same way that I generally feel like I get from Sonali Dev. So that's that's the other one I would throw out.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I am more uh, um, in love with American Fairy Tale. That one's my favorite of the series. Fine.
0: We can disagree.
1: Like American Love Story is just so hard. Like it's heavy. I had to stop reading it for a while. I, I like put it down, walked away, and came back to it weeks later. Um, but American Fairy Tale I just like sat down and read all in one sitting. So um but yeah, I would definitely agree that um the Dreamer series has a lot of um Pride and Prejudice and other flavors in it with the family dynamics, the found family, um, the sort of sometimes contentious sometimes not moments that happen there um so yeah that's great that's a great um read alike that i would not have come up with um yay yay and that's why there are two of us yeah yeah that's why there are two of us i um the my last uh read alike book was rafe um a buff male nanny by rebecca weatherspoon um which is you know the the fluffy book of a lot of our hearts Um, And I just wanted to throw out a couple of read like titles to that one for various reasons. Sleeper by Kaylee Loring is the first one that came to mind. Um, It is another um, book that has a little bit of, um, I guess we can call it consent, questionable consent based on the fact that it is... Um, an employer-employee relationship happening. Uh, The leads are an actor with small children and the woman he hires to be their nanny. And uh, he actually has severe insomnia and cannot sleep unless she's in the house. Literally. Like, not just because he's thinking about things or the kids keep him awake. He just, like, he can't. Um, So that one is it has a bit of the um you're my best friend's younger sister i shouldn't be with you kind of element but it's twisted in a nice way um and the um the leads are both very interesting people um it, so that's sleeper by Kaylee Loring and it's 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 fun and a quick read i would definitely check it out um, the other one that came to mind for this one is a taste of her own medicine by Tasha L. Harrison, um, and this one is super sexy. And I just I they feel like kindred spirits, even though they don't have anything really related as far as story, um, except for the fact that both of the people in the in the um, in the main couple are very good at what they do, and uh, just uplift each other so much as people as uh professionals as all of that um and also there is the children dynamic although the main character in a taste of her own medicine's children um her are older than the either the children in sleeper or rafe um but they there is just if you like competency porn and you see it in rafe with both being able to be a child care professional and being a really super smart surgeon. She's a surgeon, right? Um, Then a taste of her own medicine. Yeah. Yeah. I was right. Um, (laughs) Then a taste of her own medicine will definitely give you that with these two characters um, chosen vocations.
0: Yay. Yay. So now everybody has all of the books that they need to follow along with some of the books that we talk about all the time. All the time. Uh, and that was a good follow up. We, we did actually have a different category of books that we were going to recommend this week, which I think we actually probably still have some time for, um, which are because we are uh, many of us are kind of stuck in the same whatever number of square feet. Mine is... <laughs> Roughly 550, 600. Uh, Other people have different square footage. We're all in the same place. So I don't know. We thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about some of the fun and sexy and romantic things that happen when people are stuck in uh, not necessarily 500 or 600 square feet, but (laughs) in one place. And there are a number of um, romances that kind of, whether it's a focus or not, are set in one setting Mm -hmm. and so the first one that came to mind um i will say this when i when i was sick last month i first of all could only read books with pictures and then when i got past that i could basically only read um tessa dare or talia hibbert because those books are very sort of like funny and gentle and Mm. lovely and so I ended up reading a lot of both of those two authors and I realized that I had never read the book Do You Want to Start a Scandal by Tessa Dare Um, which is this kind of book that is entirely set in one place and I think it happens maybe more in historical romance because it's not entirely bizarre that everyone would be at one estate for multiple weeks Mm -hmm. Um, but the way that this book ends up happening is that uh, there is a ball uh, people are people are already intending to be there for a couple of weeks. Like, that's the plan. They're at this estate. It's great. And someone is having... It. So uh, the heroine, Charlotte, knows that she's about to be kind of by her mother set up, or at least, like, intended to be set up with Pierce Brandon, who is Lord Granville. And so she goes to kind of circumvent it and kind of warn him and be like, hey, just so you know, this is going to happen. Don't worry about it. But while they're having that conversation two other people come into this study where neither of them are actually supposed to be and uh, express themselves in a loving way. (laughs) We'll just say Uh, there is actually some uh, distinction in the book about whether they are making love or maybe just more uh, physically affectionate in a way that is not emotionally attached is what I will say. Um, But anyway, so then because people find out that that has happened and because Charlotte and Pierce are the two people who are in that room, uh, people assume that it's them and they have to, and Charlotte does not want to get married. She has these other plans and she's like, I can't be marrying this lord, like I can't be doing this. And so it becomes almost sort of a, I mentioned it um, a couple of episodes ago because it's it's low-key romantic suspense in that she is trying to solve a mystery. They're both trying to solve this mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially the whole book happens at least on the property of of this area. And so um, it is a relatively short timeline. It mostly does happen in this one place. And it's just, again, like sort of lovely and charming and sweet. And and both of them mess up uh, in a couple of big ways. And, you know, they make up for it. That's, that's how romance works. It's great. Yeah. The, the other book I will mention is A Cowboy to Remember by Rebecca Weatherspoon, mm. uh, which is one... And I think I mentioned sort of briefly, Um, it just came out this year. It's a relatively, um, again, like it's, it's newish and it doesn't, it doesn't all, all happen on this sort of ranch property in California, Um, but it, most of it does. And it's a second chance romance. It's an amnesia story where Evie, who is a big deal culinary chef, who's, you know, like one of those great like tv chefs and everybody's like super excited about her uh i'm gonna be honest with you guys someone tries to murder her Mm -hmm. but she survives they throw her down a flight of stairs in typical soap opera 2007 straight to dvd fashion uh to be clear a cowboy to remember is one million times better than safe harbor uh and so her contacts because her parents passed away when she was very young uh are this family that she lived with they're you know not related related but like related in that way that you have family uh and so she gets zach and his brother get called to come to new york and sort of rescue her and bring her back to california and again it's sort of like a second chance kind of situation where there was some chemistry between them when they were young and something happened but nobody is really explaining exactly what happened and how it worked. And she can't remember because she has amnesia. And it's, the whole, it's this whole thing. It's, it's lovely, but it all mostly happens on, uh, again, this sort of lovely ranch area. It has a lovely name that I can't think of what it is. Oh, Cowboys of California is the name of the series. But I feel like the ranch is called something very romantic and lovely, too. And now I can't think of what it is. So I
1: think this, the town is called Charming
0: that's what it is it's charming california so it's the charming which what else do you need honestly uh so they're all hanging out on this dude ranch in charming california and so anyway all of that to say those are those are the books i will give you that that uh sit in one place and i did both of them at once because jess has like nine (laughs) so i didn't know how many she's going to go through but i really wanted you to be introduced to charming california before we were done here today
1: I'm I'm glad to give you the opportunity and to and I'm sorry that i I took the the final thing away from you oh uh, no it's fine <laughs> i I have I, I, she is right I have several but I am going to um be less descriptive mostly because I don't remember most people's names and sometimes I don't completely recall exactly what happened but I can tell you that all of these, take place mostly
0: in the same place. There might But be you're on board. I don't know exactly off. what happened. <laughs> but you're on board and it's all in one place and that's what matters.
1: I remember feeling great about these books. But sometimes I don't really remember everything that happened. But I will start with um, a book that's actually the second book in a series. And actually, now that I think about it, both of them have this event where the majority of the relationship develops in one place. And the one that I'm going to talk about is Candy Hearts by Erin McClellan. Um, She's writing a series right now that's that's almost entirely holidays. Actually, I think it is holidays. The first one was a Christmas one. This one was Valentine's Day, and she's got a, a... Uh, fourth of july one coming
0: out um oh i didn't know that i'm excited about that now
1: yeah and um so candy hearts takes place at a lake house um the main character um whose sister actually is the main character of the first book arrives at this house expecting to be going to like a valentine's day singles party and uh, he gets there and the owner of the house is the only person there who he didn't know would be there either. Like, he's like, who are you? Um, But it turns out that a lot of people were told not to come because the power's out in the house, but nobody told him. So he's there with the owner and it's just them. And they have very different personalities and are trying to... He's like, well, I could leave and come back, but that's useless. So these two people are trapped in a house with no power (laughs) for... An endless amount of time like I can't I couldn't actually tell you how much time they're together before other people arrive but by that point they have learned a lot of things about each other um, including what one of them really likes to wear under their
0: clothing um so (laughs) which honestly is a a lot to know about anyone yeah uh, I'm, I'm gonna um spoiler
1: alert it's lingerie but That is, It's not actually a spoiler, but it's great. I love it. Um, So they sort of develop a really intense relationship because they cannot escape each other, right? What is it like the average amount of... The average dating relationship is like a certain amount of hour-long conversations. So over time, if you're together for 24 hours, that's like having dated for six months or something (laughs) i don't remember what how it's supposed to match up but um so that there's all kinds of fun stuff that happens um including actual candy hearts but that's candy hearts by erin mcclellan stuck in a stuck in a lake house for our valentine's day weekend i mean Um, stuck quote air quotes
0: air quotes yeah Yeah. yeah, i mean they can leave any time well and also sometimes (laughs) being stuck is the best place to be. Indeed, it
1: is. Um, I'm going to put that on a T-shirt. You're all welcome. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll buy it. Let's let's start start making our merch. Um, okay, moving on. Um, another one that I thought of that is a similar um, kind of format to uh, "Do You Want to Start a Scandal" is "Proper English" by KJ Charles. Um, uh, Pat whose name I remember because I looked it up right before this, um, is a an award-winning shot. Like, this takes place in the early 20th century, and she is the only woman shooter in the, in the country of England or something. It's like, she's really good at shooting things. And she goes to her brother's friend's country estate um, for a shooting party. And it turns out she's going to be meeting um, her brother's fiancé for the first time. And she is not really up to it. She thought it was just going to be her and the guys. Because now she has to, like, be a girl. um, And entertain another woman who seems to be extremely flighty and not really into the whole country estate thing. But, of course, um, first impressions and all that. I will say I am not usually a person who reads a relationship story about someone who is already in a relationship, but this one worked. So if you also have that hesitancy um, about emotional um, infidelity and that kind of thing, this one is not as... um, In as effect not not effective that that's the wrong word because it's an effective story it's just that the things that are all around there happening don't make you feel like you're reading a cheating story so just so you know that Um, heads up and so you know they get to know each other very well because they spend a lot of time with each other while the men are off doing other things um, and because Fen just wants to know her as someone who's going to be family. And then, like, 45% in, which I expected to happen, maybe 25% in, there is a murder
0: in the house. Dun-dun-dun. dun <laughs>
1: dun I thought it was going to be like a straight-on murder mystery when I picked it up. And I was like, so when's somebody going to die? <laughs> sure but um so there is also the element of them solving the murder because it could be anyone and the person that pat thinks it is she is very afraid that it's that person but very much wants it to not be because she cares um so Aww. there is that element too but it it's all right in the end and The murder is solved, I promise. (laughs) And uh, it's a really great story because you don't really get very many turn of the 20th century novels in romance. Although there seem to be more now. I've been picking up more. Um, So that is Proper English by K.J. Charles. The next one, Bear With Me by Lucy Eden. It is a paranormal. There is a shifter he shifts into a bear that bear with me i I love title bear b-a-r yeah so (laughs) okay
0: you all get it just just... to be clear everyone (laughs) bear with me is spelled like bear the animal
1: i mean i think that's how it's usually spelled anyway um because the other bear with me b-a-r-e is just a pun for a another kind of romance novel.
0: Well that's true. <laughs> Fair point. So it's helpful for you to let people know that this one uh bear means two different things.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So bear with me. Um and this one is mostly set um in a remote cabin in the woods, um because of course it is. And Obviously. the the um main character who is not a bear is an Instagram influencer who has kind of a drunken meltdown at in, at the beginning of the story, no, and, as they all do, and needs to remove herself from society. <laughs> um, sure. and so she she sees this bear, but doesn't make anything of it, and then meets the person who owns the cabin because he he it's like a a wooded resort kind of place. It's not just like a random cabin in the woods. Um and they kind of get along and then they get along. You know how these work. It's a it's a it's a novella. It's a little over 100 pages. Um so it's really quick and easy to read and it's very sweet and also very sexy. Um and lots of fun. So that's Bear With Me by Lucy Eden.
0: Well, that sounds delightful. And I think we have provided people with a lot of uh, fodder for learning about how it can actually be fine to stay in the same place (laughs) for a while. Yes. Which is all we wanted to do here today, aside from warning everyone away from (laughs) safe harbor (laughs) with a U based on the Daniel still novel which again may or may not have a you we don't know. I, I um, haven't looked. I'm, we, I'm sorry yeah, we haven't googled it. It's fine. Uh so anyway, we will we will leave it leave it at that for today. Mm-hmm. Um as always, please do feel free to rate and review the show. It helps other people find it. Uh and if you've listened this long, hopefully you're on board. <laughs> or if you're just very angry, <laughs> send us an email. Uh you can reach us at when in romance at bookriot.com. You can find me on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. I'm I'm trying to get back on Twitter a little bit better, so Trisha Haley Brown there too. Jess people can find you on social media as well.
1: You can. You can find me on Twitter at Jess is reading all one word. I cannot let go of Twitter. So if if you find <laughs> me there, you'll find me. Um Indeed. And I am also on Instagram at just underscore is underscore reading. I have been trying to be better at being on getting on Instagram every once in a while. Um, But if you send me
0: a direct message, I will see it. So. So it sounds like if you tag both of us in both places you're likely to get at least one of us. Yes. So, or you feel free to just send us a note. We're, uh, we've been talking a little bit about our next book club book. Um, so if folks have suggestions or uh, recommendations or feelings on what uh, would be a good fit for that, feel free to let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have other romance adaptations... Uh, maybe not by Danielle Steele. Yeah. Or if you do, I will try one, up to one more. <laughs> um, so let us know that too. And just generally let us know what your favorite books are that are set in one place, what read-alikes you like, uh, and just what you're reading and how you're doing in this uh, sort of complicated time. And, and we know it's a difficult time for a lot of you. So mm-hmm. we appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. We are are grateful for it.
1: We are And in the meantime, if you are reading,
0: happy reading. Happy reading, everybody.